uh, NBA Stray, uh, how are you going? How are you going? It's Saturday. Oh, God, Jimmy, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing a Saturday show. That's right. It's June 11. It's going to be, mate, uh, the finals. That's why we're here on a Saturday, because uh, NBA Finals Game 4 just happened. So uh, today, down the beach, hanging out. I'm going to do a quick instant rap and reaction show. We've already done the uh, preview, the halftime, the quick post-game rap on the old uh, live stream. So go check those out if you really want. But this is the uh, the nuts and guts of it all. Uh, so we're going to talk about all about a wild and wonderful game for the finals in the NBA Australia game rap. We're going to do that's not an eye for, mate. No, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some year Nas. Actually, we're going to revisit some of the year Nas from yesterday, which I thought would be pretty interesting. Uh, we've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back take, yes. Where we're serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, we've got a combination Andrew Gay's Grand Mumber Award and a Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shoot Your Shot Light Em Up Award. Uh, no prizes for guessing who gets that. Yeah. Hashtag spoiler alert. And uh, we'll preview Game 5 for Tuesday because uh, I don't think I'll do a show on Monday. I'll actually just take the day off, which would be kind of nice. So we'll come up with uh, three big things to talk about at the end of today's show, and that'll be it. No skit. It's Saturday. I just want to get back to uh, drinking beers and hanging out. So uh, let's go do that after we do this show. It's episode 833 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Um, you better. We better watch out for the uh, Jimmy, you old attack. <laughs> Holy crap. Got down the beach last night, had a few tins, and then the squid proceeded to wake up a million times overnight. So I am just rooted today. I'm just 100% gacked. I'm about as gacked as the Boston Celtics were today. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, with about 80 more beers. Uh, let's start today's show, not with me just bitching and moaning, but with the daily... Whip around. Not a giant amount of news, obviously. It's a Saturday, a.k.a. a uh, Friday. Friday in uh, the States. So, really, a lot of this uh, sort of news from today was more about the sort of potential for a lineup change for the Warriors, and we saw that happen in the end. We've got Otto Porter coming in for Kevon Looney in the starting lineup with Steve Kerr going, well, I still don't know who my best players are, but I guess I'll go with this guy. Maybe that'll juice our uh, rebounding. Yeah, it didn't, and they pulled Otto very, very quickly, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, but in terms of other sort of news, like that's kind of it. Oh, wait. No, it's not, because the Charlotte Hornets have a new coach. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is the pick from the top. Kenny Atkinson, my man. I love Kenny. Sat behind him for an entire basketball game there in Brooklyn. Uh, enjoyed his work as Nets coach. He was obviously the coach there while I was there for a while, and um, he was great. Just an absolute legend. Just an absolute hard, like, graft kind of dude, right? Dude from Long Island, just out here, kicking ass, taking names, working his ass off 24-7, getting zero sleep and just putting himself through the ringer. And uh, I think it's probably just as much fun as maybe D'Antoni, but with an actual addition of, uh, you know, player development. Because if you go back to those Brooklyn Nets teams, they were uh, they were juicy. They were super juiced. They would go absolutely hammering tongs up and down because they were young, they were fun, 
and young, dumb, and full of run and gun. That's what they're they're all about, and I think that's kind of a really good uh, position for the Hornets to be in, right? Behind Lamelo with Terry Rousey, whoever's on their roster going into next year. As long as you got Lamelo and a couple of athletes, Kenny Atkins is going to make that sing. So he got a four year contract. You love to see that. Exciting times. Good job, Kenny, and good hire by the Hornets. Like to. Look at it from a perspective where they did. And they went, well, well, one hand, we've got Mike Ted Toady. We know what he could do. To be honest, he's been good in a couple of places. He's been pretty rubbish in some other ones. We know he's a, uh, we know what he can do. Kenny, he got shafted in Brooklyn because KD and Kyrie are like, who the fuck is this guy? Get rid of him. We want Steve Nash. And uh, as we all know now, you should never fucking trust KD and Kyrie Irving to make your decisions for you because that decision tree is littered with dumb fuckery. Uh, so, yeah, good job by MJ and the Hornets, I think, by getting Kenny Atkinson. i got a lot of time for Kenny. So does everybody else. So there we go. Right. Otherwise, uh, that's about all the news that's fit to print for a Saturday. Uh, beyond the fact that the Blues beat the Bombers last night. You'll love to see that. And, um, yeah, let's get into it with today's... 2022 NBA Finals Game 4 Game Wrap Game 4 of the 2022 NBA Finals Finals Alright, let's do it Game Wrap, Game Wrap, Game Wrap, Game Wrap uh, for Game 4 what a game it was. Uh, Warriors 107, Celtics 97. We had the Warriors plus three and a half, so it's a bit of a win. Uh, but this was a fascinating game. The Celtics 100% gacked this game away. And the Warriors, at the same time, sort of took it away from them, which is pretty neat. But the Celtics just have a tendency to turn into their worst selves at the worst possible moments, right? And that's exactly what happened today um, in the last seven and a half minutes of the fourth quarter where they scored six points. That's how you lose a finals game. By scoring six points in seven and a half minutes. But that's it. I mean, that's the end of the game. Um, the Celtics just end up shooting a shit ton of threes and missing a bunch of them. And that's not a great idea. So let's go back to the start of this game. Huge start for the Celtics. Tatum has a couple of early threes. Feeling good about himself. There's a big block on Curry by Time Lord, etc. But the Warriors stuck with him. Like, I don't know, Clay and Wiggins were hitting threes. The Celtics' slowdown came pretty early on in the first quarter. A few empty possessions. Steph goes bang. Threes everywhere. They're attacking Horford on the screen and roll, on the pick and roll. Off they go. 8-0 run from the Warriors early on. Suddenly they're up 23-18. You're like, oh, geez. But uh, there was a nice little sort of rally by the Celtics. There was a great pass at the end of the first quarter from uh, Time Lord to get it to his, uh, his fellow Williams. That's right, the Williams brothers, <laughs> Robin Grant. Uh, Grant Williams hits his only shot of the game for that three. Celtics up one at the uh, end of the quarter, 28-27. Steph had 12, Tatum had 12. Really fun first quarters, back and forth. A couple of uh, sort of, you know, as mentioned, slowdowns. A couple of scoring droughts there for both teams. And in the second quarter, the Celtics start 0-5 and get down. And you're like, oh, God, what is happening here? They were scores for the first three minutes of the second. Weird back and forth. He had some more mint passing from Time Lord, though. I enjoyed that. So Poole and Wiggins... They get up, but then the Celtics force some turnovers, and then they start hitting shots. And away you go. Derek White ends up with an and one, and it's a 10-0 response by the Celtics. They're up 49-42, 
throughout the second quarter. They bring Curry back in. He's got an and one. Wiggins is hitting buckets. It's a two-point game. Wiggins is playing awesome at this point, and Jordan Puller just goosed the offense enough. I think he had 10 halfway through that second quarter. And they were kind of going toe-to-toe, both teams. It was really, really fun. Like, Derek White was lacing threes. Uh, he had two points halfway. Th- yeah, 10 points, rather, halfway through that second quarter as well. And then at the end of the uh, half, I mean, there was like a miss for the Warriors. Tatum worked Looney. Absolutely worked him. Uh, and the Celtics looked like they were kind of feeling pretty good about themselves. It wasn't quite the exact blueprint of game three where everything was perfect and they were crushing it, but they were still up five at the half, right? Time Lord had that big block on Wigo. And it's just such a cool aspect of the Boston uh, I don't know, team, that he's such an awesome vertical defensive and offensive threat. But either way, Steph ends up with 19 in the first half, and he was the only dude sort of keeping them afloat, right? This is a dude who could barely, like, walk after the last game. <laughs> he looked pretty good. Uh, Tatum was sort of doing a pretty good job for the Celtics in the first half as well, obviously. So for his first half, he has, what, 16? He hit those threes early. Uh, he was 6 of 14. Brown had 12. And the Celtics, look, they look pretty good. They still had 10 turnovers to the 8 of the uh, Warriors. But they'd kept the Warriors kind of quiet from 3. They were 7 of 24 from downtown. That was half their shots, the Warriors. And Boston were playing a pretty good, you know, defensive game. But then, boom, right out of the gate in the second half, 5-zip run for Golden State. So it's tied up. Before anybody's back in their seats, you're like, oh, God, it's the start of the third quarter, Warriors. But the Celtics settled. They got back up six. Uh, Derek White hitting threes. Some smart buckets. Some smart passing. But it felt like every time the Celtics were trying to get a little bit of separation, Curry was there. He hit a three. He gets hit by Tatum. There's no call. Like, it's very clearly a foul. And he's, like, remonstrating with the ref, like, throwing his arms around. And he hits Grant Williams, who's running by, (laughs) which is pretty great. But Steph hits his fifth three. He gets a big bang. He's got... 30 already, and you're like, oh, God, it's the Steph game. Here we go. And it's all tied up. It's like 73-73, two and a half minutes left in the third. And on both ends, it was offensive rebounds making a difference. This time, I think Time Lord had gotten one or two and given the Celtics another couple of bites of the cherry. But then, for the rest of the game, it felt like the Warriors were the ones just with the extra, you know, a little bit of pep in their step, a little bit of the extra hustle. It was Wiggins, uh sort of just getting his body in front of dudes and just sort of using that athleticism to make a nuisance of himself. Like, Al hit a three, and I think Curry and Al were basically, like, trading threes at one point towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, and for the last bit, last couple of minutes of the third, it's 79-78 Warriors. So the big turnaround... Look, the Celtics could have played that third quarter a little bit better, but to stymie the Warriors to the point where they're not kicking the shit out of you by like 18 points in the third quarter, you got to feel pretty good. So in the fourth, the Celtics though, the shades were there, right? Like Derek White hits a three. Tatum gets one to go as well. But there's another couple of possessions right after that where they keep just shooting threes, like looking to seemingly try to land the knockout punch. And you're like, yo, just play your game and you might be okay. I'm just saying, (laughs) you know? So White hits his three. They're up two. Uh, Poole hits... A jumper, they're up. It's all tight again. Tatum then hits a three. And then you see Brown miss a three. Clay hits a three. Brown has a nice little jumper. They're back up two. And then Brown misses another three. And you're like, oh, God. Just 
Maybe just chill. Maybe just drive. Every time you've gone towards the bucket, Jalen Brown, good things have happened. They keep shooting threes. Brown turns it over. And we have this moment where it's just 86, 86, 86 for ages. Brown gets a layup to go. Again, every time he's in the paint, good things happen. And it gets to the seven and a half minute mark of the fourth quarter. Brown gets another jumper. They're back up four. It's 90, 86. And then it all goes haywire. This is the moment. So after Marcus Smarts hits the free hits the free throw after that, because that's the uh, the drive where Brown goes through everybody, drives through Clay over Belly Belitza. And here we go. Seven and a half minutes left. You're up five. You'd be feeling pretty good if you were Boston. Mm, you get a block on Curry right out of that. After that, uh, Marcus Smart free throw. Tatum with the block. Feeling pretty good. But then, here come the misses. Oh, God. Oh, God. Tatum misses. Brown misses. Oh, sorry. Tatum misses a layup as well. So, like, Tatum had this little moment there in the fourth where he had the block. He had the three. And uh, away we go. But then it all just sort of falls apart. Because I think we have... Clay hitting a nice turnaround. Tatum misses a layup. Wiggins bulldozes wide. It's a one-point game again. It's the 13th offensive rebound for the Warriors at that point. Smart then nails a massive three at the end of the shot clock that felt like, oh, shit, this might be the turning point. This might be it. Nah. (laughs) Because then Brown misses a tough jumper going left, and then just the cascader misses. They let Curry walk into a float up. It's an eight-point turnaround. Golden straight up three. Steph goes bang, hits another three. And in the meantime, what's happening on the Boston end? Well, Brown's missed a jumper, as I mentioned. He then misses a three. Smart misses two three. Uh, Tatum misses a three. Then Smart misses the two threes in the one possession where you're like, oh, God. That's probably not great if Marcus Smart's got two bites, misses both, then Al Horford misses a three. So if you're keeping track, that's five missed threes in a row and six straight misses all up. And suddenly the Celtics, after Steph nails a three, boom. They're down six and there's only a minute 40 left. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck just happened, yo? They'd scored three points in basically five minutes, uh, almost six minutes worth of game time. It's 1.42 left in the game. Al finally gets a three to go. Minute 30, you're down three. And then it all just gets a bit funky again because... Looney gets a layup with a minute to go. Golden State back up five. Jalen Brown, of course, he turns the ball over. He tries to dribble more than three times. Loses the ball out the side. Off they go. Curry drives. He gets the foul on uh, Al Horford. Emo Yudoka very smartly challenges it. But weirdly enough, he's unsuccessful. There is absolutely zero discussion (laughs) with, like, I don't know, their refing, uh, you know, broadcast folks. Like, where's Steve Javey at this point? Hey, Steve, let's bring you in here. So can you explain how at any point Al Horford has committed a foul here? He's like, ah, they they just didn't bring him in because there was no foul. It was very weird that it doesn't get overturned. Anyway, Boston went from up 91-86, ends up being a 21-6 Warriors run to close out the game. Uh, After that Jalen Brown turnover, they're down five. There's like 56 seconds left, and that's pretty much it, right? Like with the Curry foul, he hits both free throws. They're up seven, 47 seconds left. Derek White misses a three, and that's it. Pack her up, boys. We're fouling. We're down eight. Steph hits a three. Uh, hits a free throw, and that's it. And suddenly the Warriors have won game four. It was just 
such a weird, lackadaisical, lazy finish for the Celtics that if you're a Celtics fan, you'd be absolutely spewing at this team how they can be so uh, aggressive and resilient in Game 3 and then in Game 4 just sort of roll over and show their bellies. Um, for me, Tatum was like sort of the biggest head-scratcher. I will talk about that later, but... Smart had the most field goals and uh, field goal attempts in the second half for the uh, Celtics. Again, not ideal. He goes five or twelve. Tatum, I felt, was wildly shit house in that second half. The aggression wasn't there. Sure, the shoulder might be hurting, but the threes look good. But he just doesn't want to get hit when he's going towards the rim, and that's where the free throw attempts just disappear. But again, the flip side of Game Three's rebounding battle for the Celtics, where they're up sixteen in that today, fifty-five forty-two. Warriors. Oh, shit. They get 16 offensive rebounds to 11. They had four guys with over nine rebounds. A massive night from Wigo. He has 16. And that is essentially what wins you finals games, rebounding and layups. And the Warriors won both those battles. You know what I'm saying? So, look, Boston, you're not going to win if you score six points in the last seven and a half minutes of a finals game. They didn't win because the Warriors were just better. Out-rebounded them, played better defense, forced them to panic. And what do I say time and time and time and time again? Never trust anyone who says, what do I always say? (laughs) But seriously, the biggest thing for this Celtics team is they will happily beat themselves. If you put them under pressure, if you put them in a tough spot, they will shit down their leg as quickly as say, hello. Uh, So 15 to 38 from downtown in the end, they were uh, at the half. They were 8 of 14. So that sort of turned a little bit, didn't it? So what's that? 24. So they go 7 to 24 the rest of the way. Ironically, I think that's what the... Uh, yeah, 7 to 24 is exactly what the Warriors shot in the first half. So they completely flipped it around. And uh, really, that's a lot of smart misses. It's a lot of Derek White. He was pretty good, but it's all on Tatum and Brown for me. Look, Tatum ends up with 23 points on 23 shots. Not aggressive enough. He had 11 rebounds, 6 assists, but 6 turnovers. It was brutal to watch at times. 21 points for Brown on 19 shots. He goes 2 of 6 from downtown. Only 2 free throw attempts. Not good enough again for Jalen Brown. 2 two turnovers as well. Only 5 free throw attempts for Tatum. Didn't look good while he was there. And it's just got to be the shoulder, right? But he goes 4 of 8 from 3. So if you just, you know, you think about the mechanics of shooting from distance. Cool. If you've got a shoulder thing, maybe you can shoot through it. But yeah, he just doesn't want to get hit when he's going into the paint. And let's see if he can turn that around for game five. Anyway, Smart ends up with 18 points and 18 shots. Goes 7 of 18 overall. 5 of 12 in the second half alone. Again, it's Marcus Smart. You know, it's one of those things where when he has that good game, you're like, hooray, Marcus Smart. When he has a bad game, you're like, well, that's what you get. He had four rebounds. He also had five assists but and four steals. Two turnovers, but he was a second... Worst on the team, minus 17. I think minus 19 was the worst for Derek White. Doesn't feel like that's fair, but because they both matched up against Steph Curry, who torched everybody. Uh, Time Lord had seven points, 12 rebounds, four assists, a couple of blocks. He was amazing at times. His touch on some of these touch passes was beautiful. Uh, Horford, eight, six, and four, two of six, all from downtown. Just felt like he didn't have a big impact. White, Derek White, with that awesome dad strength, if you listen to Mark Jackson, strength. Uh, three or five from downtown, but four or 12 overall. He's another dude who layups, shots in the paint. Just, it's weird how some of them don't go. Grant Williams with three points, Pritchard, oh, a two, and nothing else really. 
bit of a tough one. So when Tatum and Brown are uh, not at all efficient, 8 of 23 for Tatum, 9 of 19 for Brown, and then 7 of 18 for Marcus Smart, you're at home. You can't shoot that badly and expect to win. Uh, the Warriors, meanwhile, as a team, just, look, 15 to 43 from downtown. They they had the same amount of turnovers, 16 each, but it felt like the Celtics just had them at much worse times down the stretch. <laughs> and, of course, like the story here is just how Steph kept them ticking over. And I think uh, our pick for Steph to have at least six points in each quarter, I think that may have hit. Because I think he had seven in the uh, seven in the second, and yeah, crushed it the rest of the way. So happy days with that one. Good job, Jimmy. Uh, ends up with forty three, ten rebounds, four assists, five turnovers. We'll talk about him pretty extensively later. Fourteen of twenty six, he shot. Fourteen of twenty six, seven of fourteen from downtown. And this is after we talked on yesterday's preview show. How could he possibly hit another five plus threes in a game? Well, he's the only person who's ever done it before essentially in a finals, and now he's the first person to ever do it four straight games in a finals. So, not bloody bad, bro. Wiggins, he was great as a, uh, what, rebounding small forward, 17 and 16 he had. It's like Scotty Pippen out there at times. Seven of 17 shooting. Uh, two of six from downtown. Great game, though. It felt like Wiggins was just everywhere that Jalen Brown wasn't. And you sort of look at their comparative games, and it's actually same for Tatum. It's like on the offensive rebounds, like... He was just a big body all of a sudden. You're like, what is happening here? What? Why aren't Tatum and Brown doing that on the other end? They couldn't. Uh, Clay goes 7 to 17, 4 or 10 from downtown for his 18. I th- he started off pretty slow, um, but really sort of worked his way into this game. Well, he had five points in the first quarter. He hit that one three, and then nothing in the second quarter. He went over, and you're like, oh, geez, Clay. So I think he was 2 or 7 at halftime, and then sort of just picked it up. Just slowly, 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 and then, you know, off he went. It was 4 of 13 after 3, and then had a really good fourth quarter. 3 or 4 from downtown, 2 or 3 from downtown. Ah, uh, it was 3 or 4 from the floor, 2 or 3 from downtown. So Clay crushed it in the end. Uh, Pool, 14 points, really handy 14 points from Pool. Looney off the bench, 11 rebounds, 6 points. GPT, ooh, that's right, Gary Payton the second, the mitten. 10 minutes, he had 5 and 4. Pretty handy. Otto Porter, oh, do I like to get blood though. He started... Yeah, two points in his 15 minutes. Yeah, not great. Belly Belita, 0 oh, 2 in his nine minutes. And, of course, Draymond was an absolute basket case. So we'll talk about Draymond pretty uh, extensively later. But 1 of 7 in 33 minutes. Two points, 0 oh, 2 from downtown. Nine rebounds, eight assists, and four steals to go with these two turnovers. And uh, at times didn't really look like he was uh, in control of what was going on <laughs> with him. So, But this was the Steph show. This was 100% the Steph show. He and Clay in that fourth quarter just, they combined for 18 points in the fourth. They go three of four from downtown. But Steph at the free throw line, five or six, as a team, they just had the balls to go at the Celtics in the fourth quarter, and the Celtics shit the bed. The Celtics went seven to 21 in the fourth quarter, 10 to 20 for the Warriors. Tells you a big story. When the going got tough, the Warriors put the Celtics out of their misery. <laughs> now we're tied 2-2, and we're going back to San Francisco. You love to see it. Give me more basketball. That's all I ever want. And uh, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. I mean, this is pretty easily. Steph, uh, 
43 points. He did it all. This was a legendary performance. The dude has got a bung ankle. The way he finished game three, his team is up against it. They're staring down the barrel. It's a close game. You're in Boston. You're already down 2-1 in the series. He drops an all-time amazing 7-14 from downtown. 43 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He did have the 5 turnovers, but holy moly. Like, just in terms of this game, we talked about the rebounding. Like, so Wiggins has 16. You got Looney with 11. Curry has 10 rebounds. He was just sort of after it at all times. Meanwhile, like, Jalen Brown has, like, six. (laughs) It's like, I feel like you should be getting a few more there, Jalen, if Steph's getting 10. But Steph shot the shit out of it, 14 and 26 from the floor. But I think it was, like, the aggression with which he played. It almost took the Celtics aback. They're like, wait, come on, man. Like, this dude's got a bung ankle. What are we doing here? He's shit. Oh, no, he's fucking crushing it. And that's what Steph does. Like, we talk about him being top 12. It's performances like this that have you on an all-time list where you go, yeah, you're at the same level as like Kobe and Shaq and Tim Duncan and stuff because this is an all-time great we're watching right now. And that was an all-time great performance because they just won game four of the NBA Finals literally because of Steph. Like, that was it. There's no, oh, well, they got some lots of rebounds. Yeah, and he got fucking 10 of them. Amazing game. An absolute astounding game. They gave him like a sliver of airspace at times. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm shooting this. It was amazing shot making. The driving is probably the thing that impressed me the most. Uh, there were times where he's just like, I don't care. I'm going in. Uh, whether it be cutting to drop off or cutting to score. He had a plan. He had a plan. And it was the exact opposite of the Celtics in that fourth quarter where they had zero plan beyond, oh, I might shoot this three. And uh, that's not a great plan. So great job by Steph. An all-time great game. 43-10 and 10, to avoid going down 2-1 in the finals. Where are we going to send this one? This is going straight to the pool room. You better believe it. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Anytime you're getting benched by your own coach in the fourth quarter because you're playing that badly, you're going to win spot of the night. Uh, one of seven from the floor. Oh of two from three. No free throw attempts. He has nine rebounds. He had five offensive boards, though. So, like, he was working. Nine rebounds in the end. He had three of those, I think, uh, pretty late, too, in the fourth quarter when he came back in after he was benched. They were sort of, you know, playing a little bit of offense-defense there down the stretch. So, Draymond ends up playing seven minutes in the, last four, in the uh, fourth quarter, sort of on and off. Uh, and when he went off, it kind of goosed the offense. So, yeah, anytime your offense and your team gets better and gets back into the game because they sit you, you're going to be spot of the night. But he had eight assists, nine boards, four steals, two turnovers, a plus-minus of zero in a game they won by 10. <laughs> Touch a lot. Oh, God. So two points, nine rebounds, eight assists, and a bunch of podcast material, no doubt, for him. Good luck. Good job, Draymond. Well done, mate. You you got the result you wanted. <laughs> Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no. Yeah, it's Draymond. We're just going to give the Draymond as well because <laughs> he was booed every time he touched the ball, just like Essendon fans with Adam Saad, which I love because, you know, they poached him from uh, Gold Coast. But at the same time, Draymond uh, and Karen Clay Thompson um, were very much old mate, no mates in Boston. But 
it's very much a old mate, no mates in Boston when you get the last laugh, which Draymond and Clay Karen Thompson did. So, oh, geez, won't somebody think about the children? Uh, goes Karen Thompson. And I enjoyed the Celtics fans very quickly going to the fuck you Draymond chant. So, but Draymond in Boston is like, I can't wait for game six now because it's going to be absolutely fucking feral. <laughs> If, if the Celtics lose game five, like the level of, or if they win, it doesn't matter. The vitriol for game six is going to be off the charts. So uh, Clay, Karen Thompson, and Draymond, definitely old mate, no mates in Boston. Uh, and on the actual Celtics, I mean, in terms of old mate, no mates, I do love a good game when Tatum and Brown have like, you know, a really good performance. And it's like, say we can play together. And then a game like today where it's just like one-on-one. And neither of them feel like they're sort of looking for the other. It's pretty weird. Uh, panting of the night. I mean, the Celtics, they got pantsed by the Warriors in front of their fans in that fourth quarter. I think I said that in the uh, the quick wrap, uh, the video. And it very much felt like a panting, didn't it? Like the way, like the Celtics, it was almost a self-panting. It's like, oh, we better shoot all these threes. It's like, how about you just fucking score? Sometimes you just need to get fouled. You just need to see the scoreboard tick up. In a finals game, live by the three, die by the three. We've all heard that fucking boring, dumb cliche. But it's 100% true. Sometimes you just got to manufacture points out of nothing. And that, if you look at the other end, is exactly what Wiggins, what Looney, and what Steph Curry were doing. And the Celtics didn't. They gacked away that... Game And look, I think I tweeted out at some point, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Celtics gack this game away. Boom. By shooting and going 0 for 5 on threes in a uh, four-minute period. Oh, it was brutal. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. We might have to give this back to Jordan Poole. Um, I feel like his, he played 20 minutes, he had 14 points. He Talk about like goosing the uh, scoreboard. Like He and Derek White basically played the same role uh, on opposite sides, but Poole hit a couple more shots. Uh, from the floor, didn't get to the line as many times as Derek. So, um, and in twenty minutes versus thirty-five, Paul's impact was just that little bit bigger, I think. So, fourteen points for him, two or seven from downtown, six or thirteen from the floor, but also just kind of his aggression sort of changed a couple of moments in the second and third quarters where Paul would drive, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to the cup. Guess what? Boom! None of you have stopped me. Off you go." So, Jordan Paul today easily better than Lonzo Ball, who has never played an NBA Finals game or a playoff game. Nice. And there you go. That's a bit of game four for you. Let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys. This is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. Do some ENRs. Uh, they're brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, do it. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Or just click through any of the links on the old socials there. Some nice pics, pictures of all the nice things that you can buy. So go and buy some. Go on. Do it now. 
NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt, help me out. Because come on, man, I'm here working on the set. Anyway, Samir Nas, Dan Drosher, enjoyed this one. Uh, threw this one out. If uh, the Warriors don't win this series, should they have made more of a move at the deadline? Someone would have bid on Wiseman. Did the front office misjudge how close they were? Uh, so this has been a big one over the last you know, few days after the Celtics go up 2-1. Oh, maybe the Warriors should have traded Kaminga or Wiseman or something for a bit more help. And my point's always going to be, yeah, nah, nah. Because it's like, oh, well, we could have gotten Brad Beal. No, he was injured. So cool. Cool story, bros. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we could have traded for Brad Beal. Yeah. Beal was injured for the second half of the season. Like, what are we doing here? Um... I think what the Warriors are doing is perfect. They might still win this series. It's 2-2. It's a three-game series. Oh, jeez, is it? And they're straddling eras. Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody. He looks incredible. Bit of size. Cumbucket, Kaminga. He looks fun. Wiseman, if you get anything out of him, almost it's a bonus at this point. But, you know, you're just trying to elongate this era and get the uh, the handoff from Steph, Draymond, and Clay to the next generation. If you can navigate that, you're going to be like the Spurs, you know, have a uh, very long, long, long time of uh, success. And I just don't know who was out there at this trade deadline that you want to give up any of those young dudes for, right? So we talked about that yesterday. It's like, ah, oh, the Warriors, they're not even deep. It's like, well, they are. They're also just really young. Maybe you should have cashed in Wiseman for like an actual serviceable big because I think that was one of the great yeah nails we got yesterday. I think it was from Scott Baxter um, that Warriors needed a bogut. They kind of do. Like if Wiseman was like at least half fucking decent and not hurt, like he'd be the ideal sort of extra big man to bring off the bench. That's what they tried to do with Looney today just to try to goose those rebounding numbers. It kind of worked. It wasn't because of Otto, Otto Porter. It was just because Looney came in and was really good. But... um. Yeah, I don't think they should have made more of a move at the deadline because you've got to keep an eye towards the future. Like, you've got a wildly expensive, light years ahead roster. You've got to keep some of those cheap rookies around and uh, hope that you can make and win the finals anyway, <laughs> which they very, very well might. So here we are. I enjoyed Goxy yesterday. He wanted to see a ref to say, sorry, I can't give that one. He's on five when it came to fouls. So I think that'd be a fun year. Nah. Um, Draymond didn't quite, I think, get to that. Uh, point today because he had a lot of fouls early on did Draymond but only ended up on only on three fouls in the end so not a bad one yeah no one well Jalen Brown was the only one who was really in foul trouble and that was really late so anyway uh, Matthew Ross was a good one yesterday as well pool party to lead the Warriors in scoring as part of a blowout yeah nah yeah look I thought Paul would probably have even a few more than 14 but he uh had to step up just a little bit, and away he goes, and he did. So, uh, But to revisit a couple from yesterday, yeah, nah, uh, Steph's going to have to give it the old get on my back and drop 60 tomorrow. That was what we're talking about with Brad McKeegan. Uh, it was a really good yeah, nah, because I think my answer was nah, yeah. I don't know if he can get to 60, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gives it a uh, I hurt my leg, fuck yours game, and goes hammer and tongs. And that's exactly what happened. So great question by Brad because it nailed it. And then I think the other one was a great one from Brett Polglace yesterday. True to form, the inconsistent Celtics turn up tomorrow and give Golden State a chance to win. Yeah, nah. Yeah. That's what we sort of talked about yesterday. That's why we landed on the Warriors as the plus three and a half uh, point underdogs. And that's why they were the pick. Because you just can't trust the Celtics to 
string together two good games. <laughs> like, you just can't. All the playoffs long, like, they, they tried their hardest to gack away games to the Nets. They pull off that sweep. Those games are tighter than anyone remembers. But then, all the way through the Bucks series, you get, they went down uh, 3-2. Pull it back in the end, get the win. Uh, they go up 3-2, almost lose... What was it? No, they were 3-1 up against Miami, and yeah, goes to 7. But anyway, um, the inconsistent Celtics. It's going to be the story. They're always inconsistent. That defensive effort, sometimes, you know, you give Steph just like one split second more time, and boom, he's got 43 points. Like, that's just possession after possession after possession. They're so tough to keep the handle on, and that's what happened. Um, Let's get to the unpopular opinion of the day. Uh, because a game like today is why I can't say, like, Tatum is legit, legit. You know, he's not that dude just yet. Because the 46 against the Bucks, facing elimination, unreal. The Bucks also didn't have Chris Middleton, but I don't know. Like, Tatum, you look at it and go, see, you see Steph, just a legit all-time dude. Legit, legit dude. You saw it today. Tatum... Goes 2-9 in that second half. When you've got a chance to go up 3-1, you're at home. That is the moment that you need to just foot on the throat, absolute attack, all out, kitchen sink, fuck it, leave nothing behind kind of moment. And Tatum didn't have it. I mean, you can dress up and fucking play Kobe cosplay as much as you want, but if you don't have that absolute fucking mumba mentality, I mean, sure, you're only 19, but Jesus... And that's why I think I've always been sort of slightly resistant to the Tatum narrative of like, oh, he's the fucking greatest dude in the world. He's top five, man. It's like, all right. When the stage gets the biggest, that's when the biggest step up. Meanwhile, Tatum's shooting 33% from two this series. He's shooting better from three than from two. You know? And a lot of that's probably going to do with the shoulder. It's got to be, it's got to be with the shoulder. Because you think about like the level that he hit against Milwaukee versus as soon as that shoulder gets the stinger against Miami and how he's been shooting and how he's been playing more uh, more presciently uh, since that stinger. I mean, some of those games, I mean, you think about game three against Miami, he goes three of 14. Since then, he's had 31, 22 on 7 and 20 shooting, 30, then 26 on 21 shots. 3 of 17 in game one of the finals. 8 of 19 in game two. 9 of 23. He's just not very efficient at the moment. The three-point shooting's been awesome the last three games, but whew, I don't know. Just a bit of a head-scratcher for me. I think make it make sense, his shoulder's fucked. He doesn't want to play through contact. And you saw in game three when he just grins and bears and goes, fuck it, I'm driving, I don't care. Picks up the foul calls because he's looking to score and not looking just to get fucking fouled, right? And that's when I think I have my biggest problem with Tatum, where he plays scared. He's like, oh, I don't want to get hit too much. Oh, I don't want to. you got to play through the contact to get the call sometimes, you know. There you go. All right, quick outback take house. It's Saturday, yeah, back. Now that means, oh, yeah, surfing turf. That's right, we chopped up a cow and dropped a fucking shrimp on it. That's it. That's right, we call prawn shrimp here in America. 
don't know what the fuck's that about because they're pretty big. Look at these fucking prawns. They're huge. Goes great on this bit of cow only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill Take is LeBron James over on Twitter is big upping Steph Curry right now. Just so LeBron might put in a quick phone call, jump on the plane, and see if he can bounce from the Lakers and go join the Warriors for Game 5. Only <laughs> That's a pretty wild Outback Takehouse. I'm pretty sure they don't let you uh, join different teams midway through the finals, but... It, all of a sudden, it feels... I don't... Like, I appreciate that LeBron's being a nice guy and going, Steph cut chef. Look at the chef. He's cooking. The chef is cooking. It's like, LeBron, you went fucking back and forth with this dude for five finals... Well, for a million finals. 15, 16, 17, 18. Four straight finals against this dude. And now you're like, oh, man, Steph's amazing. It's like, my 100% initial thought is... LeBron's going to join the Warriors next year, isn't he? <laughs> like, LeBron's going to ask for a trade at next year's trade deadline. If the Lakers are shit, he's going to the Warriors. That's basically the Outback Takeout. All right, we're back in a second with the Andrew Gaze Grand Mum Reward. Shane Hill shoot a shoot right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. It's Steph Curry. <laughs> On both counts. So the Andrew Gay's great mum reward for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. I mean, 43 and 10 in game four today. So he's 34. That's the second oldest player in NBA Finals history to have a 40-10 behind LeBron, who did that in uh, 2020 for the Lakers. But 43-10, and 10, 34 years old, 43-10. and 10. It is just ridiculous. So on top of that, the Shane Hill shooter shoot part of this, so far he's got 137 points in these finals in only 148 minutes. His shooting splits are 50% from the floor, 49% from three, and 86% from the free throw line. It's crazy that his free throw percentage is probably the most disappointing out of that. And also, he's the only player ever now to obviously have four straight finals games having made five or more threes in those games. Four straight. And we talked about on uh, yesterday's show how his longest stretch is nine games, which is pretty crazy. So he's now got 16 finals games with five plus threes. That is absolutely fucking chaos. Love it. All right, what about a game preview and pick for Tuesday's game? Let's do this one. All right. Game preview. Game preview. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's the beat? Ah, it's bloody great. Having a lot of fun. Drink way too many beers. All right, so uh, game five. Three big questions for Game 5. We go back, Celtics-Warriors, Tuesday, in Golden State, a.k.a. San Francisco. 
Now, from the very, 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 very start of this final series, my pick has been Celtics in six. They split the first four games, then win in Golden State, then win at home in game six. So I can't change now. So I'm picking Celtics plus three and a half here. They're three and a half point underdogs. I'm taking them to win. Um, A couple of the other picks so far. I've got the Tatum over points, Horford over points. I think they need a Horford uh, show out game. Uh, But at the same time, it's like one of these games, you look at game five and I'm like, the blueprint, we talked about the blueprint, the blueprint, the blueprint. The blueprint for your Boston Celtics is to go into Golden State, play that awesome defense, have a huge fourth quarter, hit their threes, and they can probably win. And uh, it might also be a bit of a chance for a big Jalen Brown game. I'm just saying. Tatum or Brown over 40... Just keep that in the back of your heads. Uh, the clay over, I think we always talk about game six clay. I think we get a game five clay. The Draymond over points, rebounds, and assists away we go as well. Uh, we obviously went one-on-one on the picks today because we had the Warriors. So we're now 44 of 87 so far on the playoffs. Back over 500. Feeling good about that. Um, but in terms of the three big things, can the Celtics just not do that? <laughs> Seriously, but really, we talked about this in the preview Time and time and time and time again. Can the Celtics just avoid games like that and quarters like that where they just let it get away from them? Because if they do, they give themselves a chance. And if they've got a chance, they can win. And how do they have that chance? Rebounding, defense, layups. It's almost that simple, I think, for this Celtics game. If you win the rebounding battle, if you hit layups, if you're playing aggressive, if you're getting to the cup, you're mixing in some of your threes. You get a couple of the offensive rebounds, a couple more bites of the cherry. You're going to win the game. Uh, can they contain Steph this time? Yeah. I mean, this has got to be the game where you just have a slightly less amazing, legendary, brilliant Steph game. If you can make that happen, if you're the Celtics, then I think you can cause the Warriors to fall apart. And I think this is going to be the big tip for me. I think the Celtics win this one and win it pretty handily. I think in game five. I think it's just the game where the defense just kicks up a notch. We've talked about adjustments. And the Celtics, we are. They don't lose two games in a row. They also tend to not win two in a row, but at the same time. uh, It feels like the Celtics can really just adjust, cut off some of that Steph airspace. I think they did a pretty good job at times today, but he's just, he's like Thanos, man. He's inevitable. Um, but to slow down Steph, that's going to be your key, and I think the Celtics can. And the third one is, literally, for the rest of the Warriors, when that event, like that inevitably not as all-time great Steph game happens, like can the rest of those guys step up? Can Poole, can Wiggins, can Clay? Do we get Game 6 Clay in Game 5? I just don't know, and I think I trust... Look, I talked about coming into this game. I trust the Warriors offense just that little bit more. And turns out I just trust Steph more than I te- trust Jason Tatum. So I'd keep an eye out for a big Jalen Brown game. I would like to see a big Horford game because the Celtics kind of need that to win this. And I think the Warriors, if the Celtics just limit Steph that little bit, then they can get away and uh, run away with this one. So I think the Celtics win it pretty big. That's my pick for game five. I'm going the Brown over, the Horford over, the Clay over, the Steph under, the Draymond over pick, uh, points, rebounds, assists. And uh, I think the Celtics winning pretty handily.
How's that sound? Does it sound good? Any player to have 40-plus points again, that's always a winner. Nailed it today. Happy days. And the Steph to score six points every quarter today as well is pretty good too. So I'm just saying. And the Steph Clay, 70 points, rebounds combined. Crushed it. So if I actually, you know, extrapolated my uh, picks from yesterday, we uh, probably went five or five. But anyway, um, game five. It's going to be a Tuesday. So that's when the next show is going to be. I'm going to enjoy this long weekend now. You little ripper. Woo! Just working hard on a Saturday. Okay, watch some footy. How's that sound? Drink some beers. Anyway, uh, make sure you're following me straight onto the old socials, Facey, IG, Twitter. Go on. And uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app, would you? Uh, also, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, World Wrestling Australia with Adam over on YouTube, nbaaustralia.com slash shop, get your merch, get your merch. Uh, download the Knowable app, bang in the code Australia. You get 20% off there. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song, but check out the new band House Hats, they rule. Uh, big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all in Bandcamp, Triple J, and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia, Sports Australia, bad, so should you. And uh, that's it. We might just throw on a uh, old Cooking with Bainsy on the uh, end of this one for you. Why not? <laughs> I mean, why the fuck not? Awesome. All right, we'll catch you on Tuesday, you dickheads, for uh, Big Game 5 wrap. Remember, we'll do a live video uh, preview, halftime, and post-game as well. And we'll see how we're going. We might do a live stream of the entire game. I don't know. Uh, see how I'm feeling on Tuesday. All right. Ripper Raider, have a great weekend if you're in Victoria. Have a good long weekend. I know I will. And we'll catch you on Tuesday, you dickheads. Look after yourselves. This is NBA Australia saying... Little who's in Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live, socially distanced audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> G'day. Uh, it's good to see the smattering of you here in this studio. This is amazing. It's nice to see you're all wearing your face mask and you're all socially distanced. Oh, that's beautiful, it is. But the best part is this is Cooking with Baines, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And look, in this here very special socially distanced episode, I'm going to get you to whip up an absolute treat. That's right, it's one of my all time Aussie favourites. You can have it whenever. It's probably the best slab of meat you'll ever bloody eat. Because that's right. It's the secret bangers brisket Barbie Bonanza. Straight out of Texas. You little ripper. Texas, Australia, I'll tell you what. That's right, I love me a big old slab of brisket cooked up on the Barbie for about eight years. Oh, in this case, about eight hours. And it's oozy as, mate. You might think it's a bit complicated, but there's nothing less complicated than just cooking some meat. And if you really do it properly and get all your sides bang on, it'll help you keep up this physique. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So let's get stuck in. It is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your butcher, 
ask him for his best bit of brisket. You might have to call ahead or even ask him. Just walk past a few days beforehand, whatever. It's bloody worth it. Get the best brisket you can. Then you duck over to the soupy, get your gear for your spice mix. Now, this is banger spice mix. Brown sugar, paprika, onion, garlic, salt, some mustard, some cumin, and a bit of black pepper. And you're laughing. Get some gear for your sauce. You need some vinegar, some ketchup, or as I call it, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, garlic, and some of those spices. Just toss them in. Go fucking mad. Now, get some uh, sides. Load up with your sides at the soupy. Some green beans, some mac and cheese, a thing of coleslaw, plenty of potatoes to get more whip than my mate Simo when he was with that Kardashian. There you go. Now, fire up your barbie. Get her up to a nice even 120. Look, you can use charcoal. You can use gas. It doesn't bloody matter. If you're using charcoal, throw in some tasty, you know, wood chips in there for some smoky flavour if you want. I personally don't give a fuck, mate. You can just chuck it on the grill. Just gas. doesn't matter, mate. Just uh, now, mix your spices together. Mix them all up. There you go. Now rub them in all over your brisket. Now, some people like to cut the fat back. You can just leave it on. doesn't matter. Just rub it all in nice and even like you massage them. A big mate bogey's hammy. After a big game, oh, he gets you to do it, and it's fucking gross. Oh. I'll tell you what. But anyway, let us sit there for a bit if you want after you've rubbed that all in. Nice-looking, uh, tasty, big slab of meat. Leave it, you know, half an hour to an hour, whatever. She's right there. Bang her on. Just bang her on the barbie. Close the lid. Bit of foil underneath it, and away you go. Let that bastard cook for eight to ten hours. Simple. I mean, in the meantime, just keep an eye on the temperature. Crack a slab. Check the internal temperature of the meat every so often. Water around 75 degrees once she's cooked. Neck a bunch of tins. Watch some footy. Then with about an hour until she's good, get to work on your side. Whip your potatoes. Cook your greens. Your mac and cheese. Dump your coleslaw out. Put it all on some nice little plates. So it all looks nice and neat. It'll look special as. Rip the brisket out. Sit here for an hour. Bang. Bob's your bloody uncle. Look at this. Just, oh, I'm just slicing open. Look at that bloody brisket. That is bloody mouth-watering, that is. Mate, you can put it on sliders, or you can just eat it raw, dog. It doesn't matter. I'm going to slice this up, put it on a plate. Bob's your bloody Barbie-loving uncle. It is awesome. My friends, this is an absolute bloody ripper of a bangers brisket Barbie bonanza. It is delicious, and it'll dead set impress all your mates and all the Sheilas. Don't you worry about that. All right, so <laughs> just getting stuck in. This is bloody delicious. Do it at home yourselves. You'll have heaps left over to take to work for lunch. Whatever, mate. You will love it. Just look how bloody... Look, I've cooked enough of all of you, so you're going to love it. There you go. All right, tune in next week to NBA Australia for a new recipe, and we will see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey. Bainsey.